Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You just be sitting up there jacked Pepsi. <laughs> I'm there for the pot goat. You just got to pack me in committed to the bow early on like i love getting close and putting up you cover a range of stuff on here too right like we call this the uh, the thp world headquarters you know my grandpa roy weatherby i came into like that golden little pocket where there was like four or five different bowls just you're canadian we're doing yeah, a canadian I... podcast my name's douglas Bowes. i'm robbie denning so how's things man sorry i i kind of feel little bit bad now i i didn't realize you had uh, a surgery no my i'm actually talking pretty good right now i mean it's not amazing but it's about as good as it gets you know so but no i'm good it took this one took me a little usually about a week um i have to be quiet i can't speak for five days which is weird but um after i have it done but uh this time i i i definitely struggled afterward a little more than usual so um, I was out of it for a couple of weeks, not out of it, just couldn't get my voice to come around, but it, it's, it's coming around now. So it's good. So okay. right on, buddy. So we're, we're not going to, I'm not going to keep you very long today. I just wanted to touch base. Uh, no, whatever, dude, I'm fine. So it, it's good. You know, it's okay. no problems. Whatever you want to do is good with me. All right. So, uh, you've already been on the show, so we don't need to go through the whole speed yeah. on who you are and how you got started. And I'm sure by now. Everybody's heard it a million times, so uh, we can just <laughs> yeah. we can just say that. But hey. uh, w- what's new? Just kind of just update us if there's anything new with Treeline. I know last time you were on, you were talking about uh, some new upcoming things. So can you just uh, give us a little, you know, a little, just bring us up to speed on what's new with uh, Treeline Academy? Yeah. So thanks for having me uh, again, Kevin. And uh, so Treeline, I've been really busy. So you know, like most hunters. Um, if you're serious about hunting, meaning that you spend a lot of time doing it, you guys kind of can relate to this. So when bear season, I spent 40 some days 
uh, this year chasing bears, which is probably a record for me. And um, we got done with the bear season and then I got to get to work. I, 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 you know, I kind of neglect everything. And so I just worked all summer and we did a bunch of family stuff as well. I got to get it all in. And then I leave on Monday to start my season and um, for the fall. And I'm, I'm pretty much gone from August 20th until about November 15th ish range. Um, I'm going to be back a little bit here and there, a few days here and there, but for the most part, I'm be I'll be doing. I've got a lot of things scheduled. So, in the you know in in this in between spring and fall, I got to get I got to kind of get all my work done. But as far as tree line goes, man, I a lot of great new things. Really, to be honest, uh, the toolkits launched. The I have these Google Earth Pro toolkits that you can install right into Google Earth, and it basically transforms. Google Earth into a hunting app. It's got all the fires, 40 years worth of fires, actually. It's got the recreational, the public lands, the unit boundaries, the the roads and trails, the even elk migration and mule deer migration routes and snow layers and fi- current fires. You know, that's something we might talk about right now, too. Like, for example, in Montana right now, we got a lot of fires going on. Oh, like, man. all of a sudden, yeah. bam. We have... Right? We have- Everywhere in BC, it's burning up. Doesn't matter if it's up north, like even up north of us, like yet like Yellowknife, a place that you think of like in the Arctic, they're getting evacuated right now just because Man. of the fires. It's just crazy. Like down here, it's it's awful. I mean, you walk outside and you can taste the smoke in your mouth. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's, it's everywhere. Like you said, it's down in Montana. It's everywhere. It's it's just awful. So you know, guys that are playing their hunts, a tip. Let's just go. Let's just cover this while we're talking about it. Yeah. Guys, don't overlook the fact that you should look at current fires. Like, so I have a layer in my toolkits called current fires. You turn it on, it shows you all the current fire locations. So you can make sure that you don't have anything in your area or in your hunting that you might have not heard about or missed or what, especially if you're traveling, right? I've had it happen to me um, in Montana, 2016. I had this hunt plan all worked out. And the last second, I just happened to hear something and I looked. And sure as heck, they had all the roads closed yeah. to where, even though the fire wasn't really what real close to where I was hunting, they didn't want anybody in there in case it blew up. So they closed the roads. Yeah. So I added that layer into my toolkits because I think it's important. You don't use it that much, but you turn it on and you double check before mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. And uh, like right now in Missoula, we got two or three fires raging and uh pretty close and actually you can see it from my house so we've got you know we've got all that so you know anyway that's that's a nice resource as well i know that was kind of off subject but so i launched those toolkits they're available i have six states available uh that i've done so far i'm working two states i've got colorado wyoming montana idaho oregon uh what else do i got did i say utah uh wyoming montana idaho there's six days on Oregon when I'm forgetting one Jeez. Um, but I have all of those available as well so that's that was a big project that I've been working on for a couple of years and so they've really changed the game and really the way it works is you know I, I go find all of this data that's available well for example Canada guys blow me up all the time like 
when are you going to do something for us? Like, in <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, one of the good things about Canada is there is a fair amount of GIS data available, meaning mapping data. Hmm. So I am going to work on it. So it's on my list because I'm Kevin. I, I have to tell you the number of Canadians that I interact with now on a regular basis is really staggering. Oh, I and bet. Yeah. so I get a lot of questions like what apps like Gaia has mm-hmm. really good uh, Canadian data and, um, you know, and Onyx now has has good yeah. and pretty solid uh, stuff as well. And more and more all the time is developing. But, you know, developing toolkit for um, for Canadian um, hunters and, and, and backcountry guys is on my list. And uh, it you know, I didn't realize that I had that much following in that area, but it's been pretty amazing we're we're an untapped market up here buddy. yeah you are i gotta get up there man i'm like dying to I'm, it's one i've never hunted i've never hunted anything in canada and so uh yeah you do one of my goals in the next year or so is uh is to do now i do have a a really cool good bear tag next year in prince of wales oh okay yeah so i'm gonna go up there um with lampers next year and uh, we're going to do that. That'll be my first time going to Prince of Wales in the spring. And then I'm going to start working on some new, some expand my horizons a little bit. Yeah. So the toolkits are out and we just finished filming the backcountry meals. So one of the things, I don't know if you've been guys that have followed me lately on social. If you don't, I hope you, uh, you will on Instagram. I do most of my stuff on Instagram at Treeline Pursuits. But one of my other passions with my backcountry hunting is besides e-scouting and hunting planning and that kind of stuff is doing my own meals. So I've been doing my own meal preparations for years and years and Lampers, Ryan's the same way. So him and I get together and we geek out on the, on meals. And we said, you know, we need to get together and we need to do an educational resource for that as well. Mm-hmm. So we finished filming it. Is it being edited? And so hopefully sometime this fall, uh, it'll be out. So that was a lot of work as well. That was a lot like in the kitchen. In the, it was a little bit different filming than an e-scouting class yeah. is a little easier to film, right? Yeah. When you're doing screen recordings and stuff, but doing trying to get Lampers with his makeup on and <laughs> and get in the studio and get his hair all shampooed. Uh that was <laughs> that wasn't easy. <laughs> and yeah. um and you know, he you know, you know how great he is in front of a camera as well. So that was a challenge. Um, I hope he listens to this podcast. But uh, <laughs> anyway, we did get it done. It only took a couple of weeks. <laughs> and uh, we're editing it now. But I've been posting quite a few things about food lately. And it's funny, Kevin. Like, I'll put a post of a giant bull. And I'll get a few comments. You know, people will say something. I post something about jambalaya. And I'll get 100 comments. Yeah. Yeah, well, People, it's an important part of it, man. And oh, that's man. the thing, like, myself, I am horrible at, like, just cooking in general. Like, my wife in our household, my wife, by trade, is a is a, is a chef. So it's, like, oh, nice. natural for her just to take over. And I never never really get to get my hands dirty. She's just like, no, you're she doing it wrong. Let you. Do, yeah. She just doesn't let you. Yeah, yeah get out of here, right? So, but it's really important. And it's really intriguing. And it's really interesting. And I think that, you know, as well as the other stuff, but a lot of it is becoming very interesting and intriguing to folks especially 
guy people not only in the hunting community but like i noticed like even uh you get the odd comments when we talk about it on the show and then you get comments like i'll post a little clip on instagram then you get a little comment from non-hunters about that and like hey does that apply to anything you know does that you know so i mean that that to me yeah that's it's super interesting and super it's super helpful too to have that information out there well for me you know Obviously, I spend 100 days a year, uh, roughly 100 days a year in a tent. So my meals is a big deal. And eating all of the processed, preservative-laden meals. Now, they've gotten better over the years. But back in the – got to remember how old I am, Kevin. Um, back in the day, Mountain House was about it, right? That was about it. And I don't know how many of you guys eat Mountain House on a regular basis, but – if you eat seven to 10 days of mountain house, things are going to start to change in your oh, system. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I, I, I learned, and that's really one of the reasons I got into the food was more out of um, necessity than, mm-hmm. um, you know, anybody can do those kind of meals for a week. It's not a problem, but when we, you know, we're doing 14 days, a day off 14 days again. I mean, it's just, it, I, now, I'm not complaining. We're, I'm blessed to be able to do it. I love it. But you really got to have a handle on your nutrition. Mm-hmm. And like you said, your wife, I my wife is a great cook as well. When I say I did a meals course, I'm not in charge of the recipes. I I run the dehydrator and the freeze dryer. That I'm the I'm the grunt work, right? My yeah. wife does all the creative stuff. Uh but when you're eating, when you're eating meals and you're eating food that you're used to eating, like your normal foods, your body just responds and performs so much better, right? 100%. And so for years and years and years, I did dehydration. And, and Lampers switched over to freeze drying a, a, a year ago or a year and a half ago. And he kept just telling me how great it was and blah, blah, blah. Well, I was resistant because I had my process down and the dehydrated meals were great. I had no reason to switch. Well, then I made a partnership with Harvest Right and we decided we we're going to do this course. And so I got a freeze dryer and I did a few. I'm like, holy cow, this is this opens up a whole new world. Um, but what I'm finding, I, I know we didn't really plan to talk about this, but no, it's good. The, one of the things I found with the freeze drying, Kevin, was it's applicable and it's usable for so many things besides hunting. Like you said, like just around the house, like this morning, for example, my kids had a bunch of summer camp stuff. So we have a jar, a big Mason jar with an, an egg scramble sausage, egg scramble that's been freeze dried. Well, they both, both of my kids got up poured a bowl, like a bowl of cereal, use the hot water boiling pitcher device, mm-hmm. poured in their hot water, five, you know, within five minutes, they were eating a bowl of um, like a skillet, mm-hmm. like a egg scramble, literally in just minutes. Yeah. And uh, and it tastes as good as if you just cooked it. Yeah, that's so, handy to have. Like, like you yeah, said, that, even around the house now, I starts getting my brain thinking of like, because I know when my wife, she takes off for the morning, leaves me with the kids and then I'm in yeah. charge of breakfast and stuff like, yeah, that'd be great. That's a good idea. But like dehydration, right? You You like. You can do some meals with dehydration, but you can't do eggs. There's just some limitations. But the thing about dehydrated meals is they take about 20 minutes, you know, 15 to 20 minutes to rehydrate. So, which is not really a big deal, but freeze dry takes like five minutes. Okay. Um, So they just rehydrate so much faster. And uh, 
so anyway, I've, I've we've really been focusing more on uh, freeze drying and dehydration as well. But anyway, so this course that we're doing covers both methods. So we go through the full dehydration system and process, and we use made with meat equipment. And then we go through the whole freeze drying process with the harvest right um, equipment. So um, it's going to be good. I'm really excited about it. And like you said, this course, I feel like it's going to appeal to people that want to just do prep. And yeah. I mean, you don't have to watch what's happening in our world today to realize you need to have a oh, few yeah. things under control, right? 100%. So from that angle to just making life a little easier and to eating good food while I'm hunting, it's, there's a lot of benefits to doing it. Mm. And a lot of people are, you know, they just don't realize or they don't understand that it's not that complicated. It's pretty, with a little bit of guidance, you can be cranking out a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. So that's one of the works. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. That's uh, something I'm definitely going to be looking at. I, I never even thought about freeze drying stuff and like going back to like, you know, how old you are. And like, I remember we used to be, we'd go on sheep hunts, man, and we'd be carrying cans of tuna and oil and like full bags of like oatmeal and like <laughs> there was a lot to and then they came out with like then you had access to those you know to the you know backpack delight and all that stuff and then but yeah like once you, you can only go a few days on that stuff before everything starts and your body starts to pucker up and <laughs> well and it doesn't just perform as, as it should right, yeah. right. You're, you're not used your digestive system isn't isn't dialed to it right and i'm not i'm not saying that a lot of these meals are not really incredible but you don't eat them every day it's not yeah. your normal menu and I, you know i used to do iron man's back in the day i was a travel was a big part of my life for a long time and oh, shit, eh? i didn't know that yeah yeah i've done 12 iron man so uh really yeah and my dude, that's i know i know it's hard to tell i mean you look at me like dude you're big <laughs> i was always a big traveling anyway but um one of the things i learned doing that was you've got to train with what you're going to race with meaning when you're hunting i translate to hunting because guys if you if you don't think of hunting as an athletic event then you're, you're not approaching it right right i know you're you work out i know you're like you're totally dialed on it but i run into so many guys that do not treat it that and they suffer if they don't it, you've got to approach it like it's a, a it's an athletic sporting event it, it is mm -hmm. Um, and what you eat at home and how, and then being able to take that with you and translate that to in the field, your body's going to, just like in the racing world, I trained with exactly the food and the, and the bars and the drinks and everything I consumed while I, tr tr when I trained was exactly what I tried to consume during the race. Right. You know, these races, you go to these different Ironmans and they have Gatorade or they have power and they have some drink, right? Yeah. I never, I either found out ahead of time what they had so that I could train with it, even down to the flavor guys, so that I, my body was used to it, or I did my own and I mixed concentrate and I carried my own. I didn't use anything that the race provided. So the point was I never, ever went to an Ironman and, and ate food while I was racing that I was not used to. And I think the same, I think if you apply that same tactic to honey, you're going to have, you're going to have a better outcome for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 100%.
No, that's uh, that's cool. That's funny that you, that you bring that up. That's one thing I never thought of. I was training for I I just had a, a hip injury, but before that, I was training for uh, the Fat Dog One Twenty, which is a hundred twenty mile race, and I was started to look at things like that, like you know what you're going to eat throughout the day of racing. And like, ideally you, it'd be nice if you just didn't have to eat, but obviously that's just not an yeah. option. And that's one of the things that I definitely need to, I, I knew as I was getting closer and closer that I needed to work on um, leading up into, and to get into those kind of races and, and just like, but like an Ironman, like that, those things are fucking hardcore, dude. Well, no, no harder core than a hundred mile freaking race. I don't know what's wrong with you for doing that. I mean, that's like, that's a whole nother level of, but you know that it's funny you said that because the amount of calories that you were going to have to consume mm -hmm. to be able to stay in the game is insane. Yeah. Probably, probably to the tune of 20,000, mm -hmm. maybe 15,000. You might be able to get away with 15,000. So when I raced in the Ironman, I I needed to consume somewhere between five to eight thousand calories in a race, and in order to stay on the top of my game, if I dipped below that, your my body just started to fall apart. Right. And because in your bloodstream, in our bloodstream, we carry roughly around two thousand calories of energy, uh, available energy in carbon, you know, in the in the the sugars in the blood system, basically. Now you can always use fat, you know, if you do not perform at a high level, if you keep your heart rate, there's a whole bunch of science, all mm -hmm. this stuff, but, and, and that's a lot of the training is figuring out all that stuff. But point is on these ultra endurance things, which hunting is exactly what hunting yeah. is. And you don't think about it, but it is, you're going all day, you're hiking, you're using calories and you've got to replace those calories. So for example, if you're on a seven day hunt, Every day that your calorie depletion, right, as you get towards the end of the seven days, a lot of things start to change. Mm -hmm. One, your fatigue, obviously, you're, you're running out of gas. That's obvious. But most people don't realize the other things. One of the biggest things that happens when you start becoming calorie deficient is your mental focus ability mm -hmm. is decreased. So what does that mean? Well, all of a sudden, you're having trouble figuring out what to do making good decisions you you're more susceptible to be getting bummed out if you're not running into animals i've talked to guys all the time they they pack it home early they leave two days early yeah, or they yeah. do whatever mm -hmm. guys a lot of that now i'm yeah. not saying all of it but a lot of that is related to your physical preparation obviously but it's also because you're calorie deficient mm -hmm. and your mental abilities are becoming uh, compromised Mm -hmm. and you don't really you don't really realize it how many times have you went home from a hunt early and you you've eaten on the way home or you've gotten some food and you got more to drink and you're become rehydrated and the minute you hit the door you're like damn i wish i wouldn't have left early mm -hmm. what's 100%. wrong with me right yeah yeah and we've all had that happen yeah. to us right oh, and yeah. so a lot of it is you've got to stay sharp mentally and you got to stay in the game and a lot of it is nutrition, guys. I mean, it just is. And don't underestimate, you know, um, I I try to take 2,000 to 2,500 calories per day in my food bags on a pretty serious hunt. And um, you, you, can get, you can get by with less than that, but that's, that's kind of for my 
optimal because remember i'm trying to go for 30 40 days sometimes not not exactly. maybe continuous but mm -hmm. and but still, i don't want to over time it, it compounds i mean like even if you're out for seven days you're home for two you're out for set like right man by you know by the end of the season man you're you're fucking bagged like That's you're right. just like you're mentally like you're physically drained and you know you're mentally exhausted and yeah for sure man those, those it's no easy task and uh you know you can do all the physical stuff you want and it's fine but you can you can only do so much but the one mm -hmm. thing you can control is your nutrition mm -hmm. that's one of the factors that you can get a better handle on right um so you know we'll talk about some other stuff but one thing i just did as a as a test kevin was i just had five trays that i put in my freeze dryer right my i have a large harvest right so it holds five trays and I had jambalaya and I had this new recipe that I'm testing called Philly cheese bake and with, with cauliflower noodles instead mm -hmm. of pasta. And anyway, I filled the trays up and I weighed them. They weighed 33 pounds that they were, I mean, that's pretty heavy. Yeah, man. So I'm going to weigh them when I take them out and I'm going to see what the, what the drop was. Um, you know, you were right. talking about carrying tuna cans of tuna yeah. stuff. So one of the things about going with freeze drying is it's it's pro, it's the lightest of the methods. Dehydration is good, but it's not as light. Like dehydration removes most of the moisture, but not all of the moisture. Mm -hmm. And that's why the shelf life on freeze drying is so much longer than dehydration. It's a more complete process, but guys, you can carry a lot more calories for the same weight, if you can figure out ways to lighten your food, right? Right. So a lot of guys, they want to carry 2,000 calories, Kevin, but the weight becomes a problem. On a five-day yeah. hunt, their backpack getting close to 100 pounds, right? Oh, yeah. And so the more – like I'm freeze-drying snacks as well. Like I'm doing smoothie brights, freeze-dried. I'm doing uh, fruit. Like I just did a whole batch of peaches oh, freeze-dried. And you just, just like, do you have to prep them in a certain way? Do you have to cut them up or you just do the whole That's thing? That's the beauty of freeze dry, dude. I quartered them. Yeah. They're oh, okay. literally quarter peach size or huge. Yeah. So, you know, dr so dried fruit, you go to the yeah. store and you yeah. buy dried fruit. It's heavy. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's got moisture in it, right? Yeah. It's not dry. It's, um, it's like raisins, right? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? There, there's yeah. moisture in them. They're dense. They're dense, right? They're good, yeah. but they're dense and they're heavy. But when you do apples and pears and pineapple and peaches, now peaches are my favorite, cantaloupe. Oh, yeah. See, that. like cantaloupe. You can't do cantaloupe in a dehydrator. It'll just turn into nothing, right? It'll just, yeah. there's so much water. Yeah. But you put cantaloupe in a freeze dryer, it's unbelievable. Oh, and see, like, that—that that is like when you're sitting on the side of the mountain just and you've been at fruit. it, like, like, there's nothing better than, like, fruit. Like, just, oh, there, you can't well, let me it. tell you. So you take this peach. Now, I'm not kidding. So what I do, and we're going to turn this into a meal. It's cool. But uh, I tend to want to do fruit when they're in season, right? I just did nice. raspberries. So I have a neighbor that has a ton of raspberries, like unbelievable nice. number. So I ran like five freeze dryers full of, free, of raspberries. Well, now in Montana, the peaches are, are everywhere. Mm -hmm. And they're incredible. Like moist, the flavor is incredible. So anyway, you take this peach 
and you freeze dry it. I did it in quarters and eighths, big, big chunks, you know, pretty yeah. big chunks. You take that peach, Kevin, and you pop it in your mouth, freeze dried, and take a drink of your water bottle. It's like a peach explosion that I can't even. <laughs> it's like you just ate a fresh peach. No shit. And see, that's I've all I've like, often thought of that, like, like when you're hiking a big hill and like we live in the Okanagan, so we have like fruit everywhere. I got fruit trees in my backyard. I got raspberries, blueberries. Like I love fruit. I eat fruit constantly. I'm hiking a up a big dryer. hill. And like, I'm thinking, man, like if I get to the top of this hill, there'd be nothing better than like a peach tree sitting up at the top where you could just like grab peach. Cause like, man, there's been so many times when I've been sitting up, like just like tired, exhausted and like, man, like I just would love to have a piece of fruit right now. Cause that's one thing, like I, I've, I've messed around. I try to carry like those little fruit cups and stuff yeah. like that. And but it's just not the same. No, it's not. And they're, they're heavy. Yeah, they're heavy, and then you got the, then you got to carry shit out, right? Because then you, you got have trash. all these little yeah, you, exactly. know, you have all these little cups, and then you got yeah. No, dude, you need a freezer. If you've got all those fruit trees, holy cow! Um, or access to fruit, yeah. Um, it, it, it's a game changer. I, I, you know, <laughs> and you said you could do like eggs in there now, too, it, like the freeze drying. There's almost no, there's almost no limits. Really? So like eggs, you just cook the food as you normally would. So that's the beauty. So on a dehydrator, okay? So listen, yeah. if, if you want to dive in, let's do it. Yeah. So in dehydration, you got to spread it out thin. It's mm -hmm. got to be super consistent. It's got to yeah, be yeah. chopped. Yeah. It's be I have chopped. a dehydrator and I hate the process, so I never do it. It just sits That's right. Because it, it, it's, it's yeah. labor. It's more labor intensive. Yeah. And when you do meat, like you do hamburger, you got to grind, you got to, you know, take the fat out of it you got to mix it with some breadcrumbs or otherwise it it, it kind of rehydrates like jerky right yeah yeah so it, you know you can do it i did it for years but it's it's a it's a more difficult process but i'm going to be honest with you it's a much cheaper process because the dehydrators are cheap freeze dryers are not so you have to decide right uh -huh. yeah but with freeze drying you literally take the food like your wife cooks it I mean, do nothing to it, put it in the trays, spread it out, throw it in the freeze dryer. There's no special prep. There's no got to cut it small. There's no nothing. Really? You can do sour cream. You can do eggs. You can do, it doesn't matter. Now, peanut butters and um, really, really high content oil stuff mm -hmm. uh, is a little problematic. Yeah, I imagine uh, because the... The, the oils the, don't freeze dry that yeah, well, right? Yeah. Makes now, sense. within reason, within reason, like I do enchiladas. So, like, for example, cheese, anything with cheese in a dehydrator is, it's good. You can do it. You just got to be careful. But you got to, you got to, you just got to be aware of it. Right. Freeze drying, you just, there's nothing. Have you ever had moon cheese? Have you ever had the freeze dried cheese before? No. Oh, it's okay. incredible. Um, But you just, in, so when I say fats, you got to remember, it's not all fats because cheese is basically fat, right? Yeah, yeah. But there's no limits on cheese, no limits on anything. And, um, you know, biscuits and gravy, for example. I mean, you just pour it on the tray, throw some biscuits on there, slide it in. And it's... Oh, shit. And that's awesome because, like, those are the foods that you want. Like, that's oh, when you, like, you're, you're, you never crave, like, you're never thinking about food as much as you are when you're hungry. And when you're up there and you're tired and that, like, that's all you can think of. Like, man, I would just love, I would like, 
I would fucking do anything right now for some flapjacks right now. Like I would, I would die for that right now. Like, so for example, let's talk about, so I just, I'm working on a a French, a French toast recipe. So you take French toast, you cut it up into chunks, you put the syrup on it, you get it prepared on the tray, right? Like you'd eat it just like you would eat it with the butter, everything. And you slide it right in the freezer. No, no, (laughs) that's it. So, it. dude i i'm getting one that's it that's so insane. Like, there's so many one, times guys. there's so many times when i'm thinking of, like that you're sitting there you're hungry and you know what it's like like you're up there five six seven days all you're thinking about is like just it's hard to think about anything else you're so hungry or you're just like the food that you've gone through and you pack like you, you you usually you try to mix it up a bit by like day seven or day eight it's like man these bags are looking pretty <laughs> they're looking pretty boring right well now. and you know how it is this is the same thing right guys bars for a lot of guys eat yeah. a lot of bars right now those bars are great for like two days mm-hmm. and after the third you're like oh, oh if yeah. i see another bar i'm like <laughs> i don't <laughs> but then you look down then you look down your list and you're like okay well wednesday bars like it's just like it's right. right. <laughs> the same shit every day but when you're packing it like you're like oh it's only seven days like how that's right like that's it's right. only seven days but then once you start eating that you get into that stuff and like by day four you're like oh man if i'm gonna stop if i see another fucking bar i'm gonna, I'm gonna throw well you know that too when you get home and you got your leftover few like you always have the same thing left oh over. yeah <laughs> you know there's always the same things um but so for example now i'm not recommending this i'm just gonna tell you this is what i do and i'll probably <clears throat> excuse me people be all about hating on me on this but so one of the things you can do with a freeze dryer that you can't do with anything else is ice cream. And it's incredible. So what I do is I go to the supermarket. I buy, like, I just bought a hundred, uh, a little over a hundred, 120 ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> and I filled every tray up with ice cream sandwiches and I freeze dried them. So when the ice cream sandwich bar comes out of the freeze dryer, it looks just like ice cream bar. And it, the, the appearance, you can't tell it's freeze right. It looks like you just pulled it out of the freezer, except it weighs like nothing. No shit. It's like air. It's literally like air. But let me tell you, when you're up Dude, on the this, mountain. This is blowing my fucking mind right now. When you're up on the mountain, Kevin, and you pull that ice cream sandwich out, oh, and you kind I of nibble bet. on it. Oh, man. Oh, it's so rewarding, right? So I did those little mini drumsticks. I just did those little mini drumsticks. Yeah. They were incredible too. So I've got a whole bunch of my wife just shakes her head when I she sees me <laughs> put these loads of ice cream in the freezer dryer. Now, you know, but guys, when you're hunting, you obviously you need the nutritional, but a little positive mental is goes a long oh, way yeah, too, right? Man. A little treat. After, yeah. after oh, dinner, yeah. you pop that ice cream bar out. And it weighs like I'm not kidding. I less than an ounce. Yeah. That's Once a, the that, moisture is gone, it weighs so literally, literally nothing. Now, the one thing I will say about freeze-dried snacks, remember like the fruit yeah. and the berries and the ice cream sandwiches and those kind of and the smoothies, they're dry, dry, dry. So I tend to see myself drinking more water when I'm eating those kinds mm-hmm. of freeze dries. So if you're going to hunt an area that you have a lot of water around, which I do mostly for elk, right? 
Yeah, in no Canada, I, we're we're pretty good. There's very. But few if you're going where... if you're going on a sheep hunt, for example, and you don't have access to a ton of water, then I'd be a little little more leery of taking a bunch of super dry stuff, maybe. Um, but that's really the only thing you would want to think. It, it's incredible. It, it, so what I like to do is, like I mentioned with the peaches, I, by having the freeze dryer available to me all the time, like what I did was in the spring when the strawberries were coming in in Montana. Yeah. I went to the farmer's market and bought them for a dollar a box. And I bought literally dozens of boxes of strawberries. You know how much a box of strawberries is up here? It's like $7. It's a dollar in the spring. Now it's probably five right now because they're out of season, right? Yeah. So what I do is I work through the season. So I in the spring, I start with what's available in the spring. Mm-hmm. In the summer, I start with the raspberries and now the peaches. So apples. Right now, apples and pears are getting ripe now in Montana. So I'm getting ready to do a big batch of pears. And um, so I I take advantage of the seasons from a quality of the produce, but mainly from a cost perspective as well. You guys that are listening to this, you guys buy meals, right? You know what they cost. $15 is not uncommon for a dehydrated or a freeze-dried meal, right? Mm -hmm. Prepackaged. Yeah. You start doing ten day hunt with a couple meals a day. You're spending thirty dollars a day on food. Easy, yeah. It doesn't take long to do the math yeah. to figure out what you can pay off your freeze dryer, and that's assuming you're only using it for hunting. Like I said, yeah. I, I, I'm right now. You're saying all this shit to me, and like I'm rambling. I'm thinking of things that I could take to work. You know what that's I mean? That's right. Like, that's right. Or like we went fishing on Sunday last Sunday. We took the kids up to the lake. We we're all fishing on the boat, and that's the biggest thing. Is like I got three kids, a wife, and myself, and like it's a fucking almost like a cooler full of food you need to feed everybody for the day. Well, so here's what we're doing. I, we can talk about something else, but here's the last thing I'll say no, about it. Good. So one of the things that Lampers, Ryan and I, and Brian Call kind of got together on this freeze drying thing was because Brian's freezer went out and we've all had it. Now, a lot of hunters have had this happen, right? Yeah. Lost caribou, moose. Oh, it's terrible, right? I mean, yeah. there's nothing that breaks your heart more as a hunter than losing. You work so hard for this meat and then you lose it. Oh, awful. So we're starting to take like hamburger. I am cooking hamburger like halfway cooked. Like get it where it's kind of brown. And then I'm freeze drying 40 pounds at a time. And I'm putting it in sealed bags. 25 year shelf life. No shit. Yeah. So freeze drying like is just a, storage, like just set, just set it on the shelf. No and shit. Now if your freezer goes out, you're you got no problem. Right, dude. That's so, awesome. So, one, it opens up space in your freezer. Yeah, which is a one, huge thing because at the beginning, which can be that, big. That's what I'm looking at right now, and my, I'm like, man, I wonder if I should buy a new freezer this year. But like, at the beginning of the year, they're always stuffed full. But then, like by January, they yeah. start, you know, you start yeah. thinning them out. I got five mouths to feed, and then it's like, well, then you don't, then you know, then for like a third of the year, once it's empty, and then like halfway through the year, you got another one empty, and then it's like. I justify buying another freezer and then the freezer space as well. Cause the freezer, like right now I got two freezers that are empty, but they'll be filled, you know, hopefully, yeah. you know, in September, October, they start, everything starts to fill up. Well, and so, so we're taking, we're starting to take lots of hamburger and pre-cooking it. Cause freeze dried hamburger meat. I'm telling you, when you pour it in, when you take it and you put it into mm-hmm. a skillet, 
and you start to cook it with a little bit of oil and a tiny bit of water, it's like you just ground it. It's so fresh tasting. It's unbelievable. So how long can you keep meat in the freezer before it starts to get like a little old tasting, right? A yeah, couple years, yeah. max. Max. That's too, if your packaging yeah. is good, right? Yeah. If it's tight, it's yeah. freeze dried. It tastes like the day you put it in 25 years later. <laughs> no shit. I'm not joking. That's insane. So once the, so we went and toured Harvest Right. We went and it's, toured. It's crazy. Facility. I've never even heard of this process before for like and applied it to. I might I might well, have heard it, of, it, it really to be honest, it's been cost prohibitive. I'm gonna be honest with you. Most of these freeze dryers for the consumer, for for an individual, they were super they're super expensive. Now, but in recent in recent years, like the past five years. Harvest right, and people have gotten more into it, and you know the COVID, all the things have caused a surge in people wanting to be more. So the actual, for believe it or not, the cost of freeze drying actually has gone down. So you know it's it's going to cost you a couple thousand to get one, but when you start doing the math, I think it's going to be pretty quickly. You're going to figure out that. So anyway, we toured the harvest right. And I didn't know this. I thought I knew a lot about freeze drying by the time we went there, but they're talking about taking chunks of meat, meaning you bring your animal home, you start processing it, you make like uh, kebabs or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you've got like a square piece of meat, mm-hmm. freeze dry it raw. And then you, when you rehydrate it, it's just like you cut it off the, the bone. It's unbelievable. No, no cooking. Freeze dry it fresh. I have no, I guys, this is a change. This is blew my mind. This blew my mind when they told us this. So Ryan and I, this year, we're going to take a significant part of some of our kills and I'm going to freeze dry the raw meat and see how it goes. Yeah. So and literally, do you have to put it back in the freezer after or you just store it on the shelf? No, it's on the shelf. Nothing goes back in the freezer. Dude, this- it's it's mind blowing, yeah. and then you take it like a, I mean I've seen guys do it. You take like a steak, you put it in a bowl, put a little water in the bowl. You put some saran wrap on it. You put it in the refrigerator. By evening, it's a steak again. It's rehydrated <laughs> to the. I know it's hard to imagine, right? <laughs> if you tried that with like it just goes against like right. We're just you're going against everything that I you know that. Sounds natural. Like just take a steak yeah, out and keep it stored on like uncooked, just store an uncooked steak on the, on the on shelf. The shelf. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not, it's even better. No preservatives, no nothing. You put it in a mylar. Now it's gotta be, it's gotta be no sunlight. So, you know, like a mylar bag yeah. or in a dark, but yeah. it, it doesn't have to be in the dark, but it lasts longer, obviously without yeah, the- and like a pantry type. Yeah, and then an oxygen absorber. So you got to remove the oxygen. So what we do is I have a vacuum sealer, you know. I think most guys do by now that are doing Yeah, and I have a chamber sealer, so it's a little, you know, it really does the job. But you put a oxygen packet like you get in the meal, you know, like what comes in your meals. You throw one of those in, you vacuum seal that baby, and 25 years later, you got fresh meat. But let, think about okay, that. Let, let's look at oh, I got a steak here. Oh yeah, what here's this one? Oh, that's 1989. That was a good year. Yeah, let's do that one. 
Now, I want to be on the record. I want to go on the record here and say that I learned this when we did the tour, right? They ask us how much raw meat we freeze dry. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, yeah, like when you kill an elk, aren't you freeze drying it? Like, I'm like, no. And so we haven't done it yet. Okay. I have not done raw meat. Now, we've done a lot of hamburger meat. Like I said, we partially yeah. cooked the hamburger meat. Um, the reason we're partially cooking it is because it it does make the cooking and the rehydration process a lot quicker if it's partially cooked. Right. So, for example, let's say your wife's making spaghetti. Yeah. Guys, this is how easy it is. This is ridiculous. You take your pot of spaghetti sauce. You got your sauce. You put it in a pot. You go to the pantry. You grab your mason jar full of your dehydrated hamburger meat. You literally take the meat, pour it into the sauce, warm it up, and you're eating it. There's no cooking the meat. That's awesome. The sauce will rehydrate the hamburger meat, mm. and you're ready oh, to go. Oh, yeah, I get you. Right. Yeah, Maybe you, you add right a little there. bit of water. Maybe a yeah. little touch of water. But the point is, that's why it's, that's why we like pre-cooking it. Because right. it's just ready to go. Yeah, when you when you're when you're going to use it, it's already it's already ready. Right. To go. You if you did the raw it. meat, you'd have to go through a little more process. Now, the reason that I'm going to do some of the raw meat, Kevin, is I want to see long term storage for just if you want to call it yeah. prepping, you can call it whatever you want, right? Guys, one of the first things that's going to happen if we have a problem in this country, I'm telling you. The EMPs, guys, the first thing they're going to do is knock out the power. Oh, yeah, man. In a worldwide crisis, that's job number one in is to knock the power out. Yeah. Well, your freezers are useless the moment that happens. And so you've got to, if you're going to do some prepping work, it's got to be in a consideration that you're not going to have electricity or you're going to be limited with generators, all whatever you've got, right? Yeah. You're going to be limited. So I just feel like we need to be more ready for things. And well, uh, well, dude, and it's not just that. Like you look at everything that's going on, like forest fires. Like guys, I was right. just saying, like the the whole town of Yellowknife is getting evacuated, and it's like look okay. what just happened in Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. Those poor Perfect people. example. And it's like okay, you got you got ten fifteen minutes to leave, and like the you know if you have something ready like that, where it's just you grab and you go. You grab a tub and you got two months yeah. of food right there. Yeah, then you're laughing because like how many people, and that's the biggest issue I think for a lot of people who are in these crazy, like floods all over the place, forest fires, like tornado, like anything, man. It just seems like every year it seems like there's more and more and more of it. But if you're ready to go and you have something like that, because like if I know, for instance, if somebody think, if I had to leave my house right away, me and my family, yeah, we'd leave. I, I'd make sure, you know, you, you grab a rifle, you grab some of the things. But the last thing you're thinking about is like, oh the food situation obviously um it's it's like it's survival but the thing is after you get out of that situation yeah it's survival again because you're going to be put in a situation where like yeah nobody's going to be lending out food nobody's going to be handing you out food at, at the time and like if you got a full family to feed full family to think of man that's really important that's well like point. for us i mean i i mean we're gonna <laughs> i'm gonna kind of expose myself a little here i have a duffel bag like a big duffel bag yeah I just gets loaded all the time with yeah. Hundreds, That's what I need. To, I need. I need to do something like that too. I need to be more prepared. I think. And it's just sitting there now. If yeah. I need some meals for hunting, I'll get in there and grab some stuff. But yeah. it's like you said. I know that I could grab that bag, and yeah. my whole family we could eat for weeks. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, with one du- one big, you know, I'm talking a big yeah. duffel bag. Yeah. yeah. Just zipped up and and just keep it on the shelf. This guys, this stuff doesn't need any temperature control. It doesn't need any. You know, I'm now they're in mylar bags, so they're already protected from the light. Yeah. But the but the duffel bag's perfect. I yeah. mean, keeps them. It keeps mice away. Keeps rodents away. Uh, for the most part, and maybe you put the double bag inside a tub to even make yep. it more rodent resistant if you yep. have that issue. But guys, just the ability to grab a freaking double bag completely full of snacks, meals, fresh fruit, all the things we've everything we've been talking about is in that bag. Yeah. And that bag weighs. I'm not kidding. You pick up three months worth of food. Your kids could carry it. No it's shit. like yeah. 20 see, pounds, that, 20, 30 pounds is it. That's crazy. And I could, that you could save to, your family's if you, life. If you tried to dump your pantry out into something, it'd be like a hundred oh, pounds worth of stuff. Right <laughs> my pantry, you couldn't do. We got cans and shit everywhere. Fucking. So, yeah. you know, I know, I know we kind of got off the rails that, but I think that's people. People don't talk about this kind of stuff enough, no, right? Man, and, it's um, good to talk. You need to hear it for sure. And everybody and dude, always that's super interesting. Like I, I have never, thought about the free dried stuff at all well if you don't and if I'm you're gonna, going to I'm buy a freeze start, dryer oh yeah well just go hey, to man, my just website use my link alone. yeah use my I'm affiliate gonna, link <laughs> yeah man no that's cool and you got and so yeah this is stuff that's all available now you've put information out there so i'm working on so this course this meals course that we were kind of round about talking yeah. is it covers a lot of this. It covers all a lot of the stuff we've already talked about, how to do it, when to do it, the process, even down to what bags to buy, what oxygen absorbers to buy, what we found worked the best, what thickness, five mil versus seven mil for long-term storage versus short-term storage. We, we tried to address all the things and even portions. portions. So that's another thing is like yeah. when you're trying to figure out how much to put in a bag for a meal, uh, portion control, the rehydration process, how to do it effectively. Um, and then obviously hundreds of recipes because we've tested a bunch of recipes in the backcountry and some are good, some are whatever. And um, like I just, we're, I'm testing a new recipe. So one of the things that I do in the backcountry, and this kind of comes back from my Ironman days is guys, I try to stay away from a bunch of gluten mm-hmm. um, when I'm hunting from for an inflammation reason. Now I love noodles. And I love pasta, right? There's no doubt. But when I'm performing at a high level, like hunting, or I try to limit that from an inflammation yeah. standpoint. Now, whether you do or not, it doesn't matter. But anyway, I just put in the freeze dryer yesterday a new recipe called Philly cheesesteak pasta. And it's it's basically elk strips with pepperici you know, just like a Philly cheese yep. with a ton of cheese, provolone cheese. But instead of using noodles, I used the uh, cauliflower noodles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I had a couple bites of it before it went in. It was incredible. So it's going to come out uh, tomorrow, the next day, and I'm going to be testing. But that's so a lot of these recipes and stuff will be part of the course. But yeah, man. That's... And guys, guys have their own recipes, right? But Oh yeah, everyone's got their own. Their everybody's own got their own. Things. But if you need a few, or you need some ideas that have been tried and tested, um, well, and it's good. It's good to like try new things too. Expand your horizons a little, yeah, right? Man, for sure, 
Absolutely. Okay. Good stuff. Dude, dude, that's cool. That's cool. You know what? Uh, that was a good, fuck, dude. That was a good talk. That was awesome. We, we're well, we're not even going to get into uh, East Kedong Elk. We'll have to do we're that another time. time. So. Yeah, buddy. What, and, but you, you, you got tons of, uh, you got tons of information out there. So guys know where, where they can. You guys, I, you so just, I think since we talked, since I was on your podcast last time is I, I used to have a tree line pursuits website. I had a different llama rental website. I had a different tree line Academy website. So I spent about a month redoing everything. So now okay. everything is on treelineacademy.net. Okay, right on, yeah. So you can get, you can find out about the meal course. You can find out about Perfect. the toolkits. You all the stuff's in one central place now. Nice. Like you, all my podcast with you, every, every podcast I've ever been on is chronicled on there as well, cool. in order by date mm-hmm. and topic. So if you want to look at anything I've been on in the past, I've talked about food in a lot of several podcasts, and they're all there. So instead perfect. of searching the internet for them all, I've organized them all. Okay. For people. Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah. Perfect. I'll, I'll put and, links in the show notes and everything. And obviously we have a link on our website for Treeline, Um, so guys will know how to get a, how to look at your stuff there, but, uh, man, it's been great chatting with you. It's been great, great to catch up. It's been time flies. It's been about a year and a half since we had you on. So has it been that long? Yeah, dude. It, oh, it, it doesn't seem like that. Yeah. I said this summer went so fast. So, well, it's, um, it seemed like, yeah, like, winter just like we had a long winter and then it flew right into bear season and bear season was like like that we had and a now summer winter. is just like like it's august 17th already it's like yeah, yeah september yeah. 1st so what, for us is coming are quick. you are you hunting you got any really cool tags are you more standard i didn't stuff get or? i didn't get any uh draw tags this year but i mean in bc we still have otc yeah, i can right. i can go hunt pretty much whatever i want except for uh antelope is the only species that uh, we don't have in BC that we don't have that's over the counter. So uh, we're blessed that way. I mean, obviously there's a lot of stuff that needs to change up here, but we're still pretty lucky that way. So yeah. yeah. Okay, buddy. It's been awesome to catch up with you. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to wrap this up and uh, again, all your stuff will be in the show notes. And like I said, guys listening, they can go to the focus website. Uh, it'll be in there and, uh, and Instagram too. check out Mark on Instagram, follow him. I just got tons of great stuff on there and uh and yeah, thanks again, buddy. It's been nice. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate fun. it. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to the Focus Hunting Podcast, coming at you as part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. I want to take a quick sec and make a huge shout-out and say thanks to the sponsors of this show, uh, starting with BC's premier archery shop, Hardcore Archery, located right here in Kelowna, British Columbia. Um, AKU Boots, they've uh, they've been supporting the show for a while now. Uh, both Pete and I, we've been running these boots for well over a year. You know, hunting in BC, we face probably the harshest backcountry environment in the world. We've got deserts, Rocky Mountain, extreme coastlines, you name it. Uh, and these are the only boots that have lasted me more than one hunting season. So, you know, they're definitely worth the investment. You owe it to your feet to uh, use AKU Boots. Uh, use promo code FOCUS and get 15% off right. Uh, they're probably going to cringe because I always pronounce the name wrong, but uh, it is what it is. Onyx Maps, now available in Canada. Stay tuned, guys. We've partnered up with Onyx, and we're going to be getting you guys some more information on Onyx and their mapping system for Canada. Uh, for those of you in the U.S. who've already got access to it and most likely been using the app, Pete and I got early access to this app, and to be honest, it rocks. Um, but like I said, we're going to get you more information on that, and we're going to be able to get you guys uh, a little bit of discount. Um, so lastly, if you guys could please leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. We really appreciate the support. Love you guys. Until next time. Thanks.